Welcome to Stay Gold, an Outsiders podcast. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I am joined as always by... Esme Mulberry. We are watching our way through the 2005 release of The Outsiders, the complete novel by Francis Ford Coppola. His re-release and re-edit of his 1983 film, The Outsiders. Uh, But we're doing it five minutes at a time. So we have made it to the 75-minute mark. So today we're going to be looking at minute 75 to minute 80 of the film. But before we jump into the five minutes, Esme, can you remind us of where we've been in a little segment we call Previously on Stay Gold? So in the last five minutes, um, after Derry, Soda Pop, and Steve leave for work, Pony Boy cleans up the house while well, 2-Bit watches cartoons and doesn't help. Um, then we see Ponyboy and 2-Bit try to hitch a ride, and then they encounter Randy in a Mustang full of Sochas. Ponyboy and Randy share a private conversation, which was much shorter than the book conversation, and you should feel kind of cheated that it left out a lot of big things. And then 2-Bit and the other Sochas trade insults, and we end right as Ponyboy's like getting out of the car and walking back towards 2-Bit. Right. If you want to hear our thoughts about that, go back and listen to episode 15. We, we get into it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as Ponyboy walks back to 2-Bit, 2-Bit asks him what Randy, or as 2-Bit refers to him as Super Soch, had to say. And Ponyboy says, he ain't a Soch. He's just a guy that wanted to talk. That's all. Uh, and we talked about this in our last episode, but like that, even that co- comment is not as well earned as it should be. Yeah, because what the thing is, is in the book, they actually have this really deep, meaningful conversation. And in the movie, it's like, yeah, they just kind of talked. It was yeah. more just Randy just talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Randy, I don't think we see him again in the movie after Mm-mm. this. So this is our farewell to Randy as he drives off in the background in his blue Mustang. But you and I have read the broader works of Essie Hinton. And, mm-hmm. and when you do that, you realize this is kind of a connected universe. That mm-hmm. characters who are maybe main characters of this story become ancillary or side characters in other books. Or... Characters who get mentioned, even briefly in The Outsiders, end up becoming the centerpiece of other stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you and I have a theory about what might happen to Randy. Yeah. So, can you you explain Mm -hmm. the theory? So, the book that S.E. Hinton wrote after The Outsiders was called That Was Then, This Is Now. It's good. Not as good as The Outsiders, but it is very good. Good book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do know that the two stories, the outsiders and that was the, then this is now, are connected because Ponyboy is in both of them, Tim Shepard is in both of them, and Curly Shepard is in both of them. So we've already established that they are, in fact, connected. There is this one part in that was then this is now, which takes place um, a year, maybe two years after the outsiders. And the main characters, Brian and Mark, um, hitch a ride from a hippie who they say his name is Randy, and he is mentioned, there's like one page about him that he's on, that is it. Um, all we learn from him is that his name is Randy, and there's a point where the main character, Brian, says that like he was surprised that Randy picked him and his brother up because they looked like these scary, intimidating, tough guys, and he was surprised that this hippie picked him up. So my theory is is that that Randy is the same Randy from The Outsiders. So, so your thought is that Randy 
graduates from high school, goes off to college, gets politically radicalized in, say, 1966 or 67, which is happening at the time, and moves from being a preppy high schooler to a hippie college student. Yeah. And which is happening to that generation at this time. Mm Mm-hmm totally conceivable that that could be i had the same thought yeah. when i read the book you hadn't told me about that when i got to randy i thought it checks out that that could be mm-hmm. randy and it fits randy's arc in the book the outsiders it where does. he at this point feels like he's giving up the social life and he's just like i i can't i can't do this anymore he talks about you know maybe wanting to run away yeah um and and you know this would be another version of running away is really putting his past life behind him as he goes away to college at you know norman oklahoma or wherever he ends up going to college so i like that thought i don't we don't have confirmation from hinton yet on Mm -hmm. that uh we're efforting that but but there's no reason to think that it couldn't be that Mm -hmm. and i would like to say there is yeah there is a possibility that it's two different people because she does reuse names between her books. Even in the last five minutes, two-bit mentions a girl, Kathy, and in that was in This Is Now, there's a character named Kathy. They're definitely not the same people. So it is a possibility that it's not the same Randy, but I feel like it is just because the story checks out, like it all makes sense, and because she bothers to put his name there. Right. Because he, that's exactly, that's a good point, because I had the same thought when I read it. It's like, oh, interesting that that character got a name. So, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, I, I like that thought. So as Randy drives away, we can imagine what's laid out, what's the road laid out ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is the last that we'll see of Randy. So as Ponyboy walks away from 2-Bit, 2-Bit follows him. But first he shakes hand with one of the, hands with one of the other greasers. Then he does, I don't, is there a name for the sort of pull the hand away handshake joke? Uh, I don't think so if there is a, there probably is a name it's sort of the like that. too slow kind of joke yeah um, so he does that to the other one and i noticed that that other one looks kind of like a gangly black-haired Peyton, young peyton manning i don't know you know what peyton manning looks like no oh okay well he looks like if peyton, peyton manning had black hair and was in high school and was kind of just like gangly he has <laughs> has some facial and hair similarities to peyton manning um yeah you, you know if you're listening to this go back and look at that and you'll see what i'm talking about uh so from here we cut to the hospital we get a short tracking shot of a, wa- a doctor walking down the hall and we hear a nurse saying i told you no way um the doctor interjects and says you can go in, boys. He's been asking for you. So we realize that the nurse is talking to Pony Boy and Two Bit, um, and she's been saying, you know, you can't go in and see him. And the doctor says, no, he's been asking for you. Go on in. And as the doctor walks away, he says a gut punch of a line: "It can't hurt," oh. which is sort of our first hint that things are maybe real bad for yeah. for Johnny. Oh, it's a book line too, and. In the book and in the movie is just this like oh it's so sad yeah yeah so they um they go into the room uh, where Johnny is and we see Johnny lying face down on a like hospital cot bed thing so he's like his head is his head is hanging over the end of this and is propped up because he's laying on his stomach because he has a broken back mm-hmm. and um, underneath his face is a mirror that he can look at so he can see the people standing around him because he's his eyes are facing the floor so he mm-hmm. has this mirror um and this actually allows for some really interesting shots in this scene because you end up having 
two people looking at each other, talking to each other, but actually they're side by side looking at the camera because mm-hmm. the camera becomes Johnny's or Johnny's mirror becomes the camera. So you're seeing both Johnny look into the camera and the person talking to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it creates some possibilities for some cool shots um, as the as this conversation kind of plays out. Um, we see that he has like an oxygen tube underneath his nose. His body is definitely like scarred up and burned. Um, his breath is kind of wheezy. Yeah. Uh, and um, Tubit says that uh, his picture's in the paper and it talks about him being a hero and he moves the paper down so Johnny can see it. Uh, and Johnny says, yeah, that's tough enough, huh? So, like, mm-hmm. we get the, the tough, right? Tough. Like, yeah. yeah. Which I only point out because she makes a distinction in the book between tough and tough. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I will say in the book at this point, um, in the narration, there's one of my favorite lines is after... Johnny kind of says the like tough enough line. Um, Pony Boy in the narration, there's a line that is, um, hold on, need to find it. Um, Southern gentleman had nothing on Johnny Cade, and it's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. I don't know why it's my favorite line, but I love it, and I just want to bring up that that's, this is where it is. Well, and I think that's important to note because mm-hmm. that that's a Gone with the Wind reference, yeah. right? And and you know Johnny and and Pony Boy were talking about you know who matches the Southern gentleman better, is it the gallant dairy or the the sort of charming mannered, um, Dally? Excuse me, yeah, the 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 gallant Dally or the charming mannered soda pop. And now he's saying actually, you know who it is? It's Johnny. It's Johnny. Um, and uh, Two Bit asks Johnny if he wants anything, and Two Bit says a book. Can you get me another one? And Pony points out that he's talking about Gone with the Wind. So I, I, I like that that sort of tie in there. And Pony asked Tubit if he could go to the gift shop and get him get him a copy of the book so that he can so that Pony Boy can finish reading it to him. Which is a heartbreaking thought. I mean, because there is just this sense of like, how much time does he have left? Yeah. Um, and we've already heard people reference this. Um, Randy had said, you know, the you know, that friend of yours he might die and in the newspaper it talks about if he survives so Mm -hmm. this has sort of been floating out there so we see pony pull up a chair to uh, next to johnny so they can talk and here's where we really get that side by side faces looking at the camera looking at each other uh and uh he says so i guess dallas is going to be okay and me and Derry we're getting along really good now um, so Ponyboy's trying to like deliver good news to him, and we hear Johnny start to make a, a kind of a whimper, wheezing sound. And he says he's okay. Says it just hurts sometimes. Usually it don't because I can't feel anything below the middle of my back. I'm pretty bad off, ain't I? And this scene is all about Johnny. I think trying to express what he knows about his condition and, and yeah. pony boy trying to f- figure out how to like make him feel better, mm-hmm. you know, about that. I will say the noise that Ralph Macchio makes is like, it's really good. It, yeah. It really does sound like he experienced something kind of painful. And his, I, I think his whole performance in this, it seems very real. Yeah. It yeah. seems really believable. Yeah. So pony boy tells him he's going to be all right. He says, you gotta be, couldn't get along we couldn't get along without you which i think is what 
Is it that what Dally says to him like at the very beginning of the movie? Something about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Pony Boy says it to him. Yeah. In the book. This is something there's, that gets. Uh, this is a refrain that they talk yeah, about. Later in the book, Tubit says it too. Like there's all these other parts where they talk about how like they couldn't get along without Johnny. Yeah, yeah. That he is he serves as a kind of glue that holds them together and somebody for them to care for and care about. Uh, and Johnny says, "I won't be able to walk again, not even on crutches." Doc says, "I busted my back." And Ponyboy just tells him he's going to be fine. Um, and here's where it gets real heartbreaking. This is kind of a downer of an episode. Yeah. It gets real heartbreaking oh, it gets here. Oh, it's so sad. But again, the performance is is yeah, is it's really, really good. good. Johnny says, "I want I want I want you to know. Oh, you want to know something, Ponyboy? I used to talk about killing myself all the time. Man, I don't want to die now. It ain't long enough. Sixteen years ain't going to be long enough." Hell, I wouldn't mind so much if there wasn't so much stuff I ain't done yet. So many damn things I ain't seen or nothing. The time we were up in Windricksville was the only time I've been I've been away from our neighborhood, which is heartbreaking. You know, like like it's, yeah, it's so sad. I mean, it's sad on multiple levels. Mm. We know that he has this really rough family situation, and he's saying, you know, I used to always think about killing myself, and now that I'm potentially on the brink of death. My one thought is this isn't enough time. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this is a this is a kid. I mean, not not for little kids, but this is like a a book for you know middle schoolers, and yeah. it's really wrestling with you know the realities of death. Mm-hmm. You know, with 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 mortality, saying you know, and I think it's interesting because if there's, I mean, that's one of the things that that people often say about young people is that they feel invincible, right? There's so yeah. much of their life out ahead of them. And here you see Johnny at 16 having to wrestle with the fact that he's aware of the ticking clock that is his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he so he says this, and here we have Pony Boy just start to, to, like, break down. So he starts to cry, and he tells Johnny to knock it off. If you get too ju- juiced up, the doctors won't let uh, won't let us see you no more. And at this point, we see the nurse's head pop into frame right above Johnny. So we get a little bit different angle where um, he's kind of like, uh, we're looking up at his face, but he's kind of laying horizontally to the screen. And mm-hmm. the nurse's head pops up upside down because we're looking up, you yeah. know, as if we were this mirror. Um, so the nurse pops into the frame and says, uh, it's your mother. She's here to see you. And Johnny says, I don't want to see her. She probably just wants to come down and tell me about all the trouble I'm causing. Why don't you just tell her to leave me? And and as he's saying the word alone, you can see he has like another like fit of pain and and passes out at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and then we hear Tubit's voice. So Tubit has walked into the room just as this happens. Um. And he's asking what's the matter with Johnny, and the nurse says, "Uh, you just can't. You just can't." see him now mm-hmm. and Tuba to ask Pony if Johnny's going to be okay and Pony Boy crying says I don't know now that's important because Pony Boy had been telling Johnny you're going to be fine we couldn't live without you and yeah so it's like we're watching Pony Boy come to the realization oh he's dying mm-hmm. like 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 I can tell myself this or this or this but in fact all of those ifs and all of those 
he might die and thinking about the doctor saying it can't hurt these are all things telling him like yeah he's he's dying right now we may never get to the end of that book so um Tubit then gives the book to uh, to the nurse and says, make sure he gets this. And outside we can hear someone, Johnny's mother, complaining about she has how she has the right to see her son. So we hear somebody like yelling out in the hallway. Yeah. Um, now, is, if we're thinking about this scene in the book, is this pretty, is this pretty accurate? Is there other stuff? Um... Okay, well, before they encounter Johnny's mother, there's this great moment that I'm really sad it's not there when they're, like, standing outside of Johnny's room and Tubit has his line where he's like, I wish it was anyone but Johnny. Like, we could have hmm. we could have gotten through this with anyone but Johnny. And I wish that line was in there because it's great. It's one of the reasons why Tubit's, like, one of my favorite characters. And they just they cut it out. Yeah, but, I mean, I, that that, I mean... That's one I get. Yeah, that's know. one I get, but it, I don't know. It makes because me sad. I think you don't need for him to say that to be like, we get it. And, yeah, and we two, get it. And Tubic gets a great moment coming up he's, here. Oh, he, it's so, actually my favorite moment of him. So we, what's next. we cut to outside into the hallway and we see Johnny's mom in the hallway and she is screaming. He'd, screaming. he'd rather see these two no good punks than his own mother. She then calls Ponyboy and Tubit scum. And then now Tubit, who's also crying, turns to her and says, no wonder he hates your guts. You don't even care about him, you damn drunk. You go straight to hell. You go right to hell. And we see the nurse. What's interesting is we see the nurse drag Johnny's mom away. Yeah. They don't do anything to Tubit. Tubit is in tears, and he's and he's basically telling her what I think that the gang has always wanted to mm-hmm. say to Johnny's parents. Yeah. Oh. oh, it's my favorite moment of Tubit because he's just like, oh. And I would All say, the, yeah, mm, I would say for Estevez, like, this is where he gets, I mean, he's sort of kind of plays this, like, comic relief friend character, you know, on this, like, here's where he gets a moment. And it's another version of when he snaps to action with the broken bottle mm-hmm. and the knife. Like, this is another version of that is, like, he is he was there to defend Pony. And Johnny, he's there to defend Johnny again. Johnny is again yes. under a kind of attack. And, okay, I just wanted to compare this to the book real quick. Johnny's mother says... What she says is a little different. She's She does say the thing about, like, he'd rather see them than, like, his own parents. And then she also does this whole thing. She's like, oh, it's all their fault. Like, they're out all night and they're getting in jail and who knows what else. And then Two Bit just says the like, no wonder he hates your guts. And then Pony Boy like brings him away because he doesn't because he knows Two Bit's gonna like gonna blow explode. up. Yeah, huh. so he like brings him away. And then interesting. There's this part in the book where Pony Boy says it was like Two Bit's not actually crying, but Pony Boy talks about like it's the closest to tears he had ever seen him. And um, there are points, multiple points early in the book where he talks about how like Two Bit never cries. He never gets close to it. He's never seen him. Cry. Huh. And it's like this moment then is like the moment he gets close to tears. And I love it so much. I love the character of Tubit so much. So from here, we cut to Dally's room and we see Dally lying in bed shirtless. And the nurse, who is played by Essie Hinton. So here's where we get the Essie Hinton cameo. She asks him, what hap- what's happened to your gown? And Dally says he threw it away. 
and she walks away saying, "I'm I'll be I'm so I'm going to be so glad when you're out of here." And Dally yells at her and says, "Get out! You make my stomach sick." <laughs> Which is such a fu- it's such a funny role to yeah. put Essie Hinton in, like. That I like that this is clearly she got to kind of choose a little like she yeah. could have played a, one of the other nurses, but she chose she this one the good one to get like berated by uh. Uh, by him. Um, so as she leaves, Ponyboy and Two Bit enter. Uh, Dally's happy to see them, uh, but we can tell that they are like depressed at this moment because yeah. they've just gone from watching Johnny and really coming to a realization about Johnny and then confronting his mother. Uh, Two Bit gives. Dally a gift that he stole which we tried to pause and look at it some really small little stuffed animal thing that he yeah. stole from the gift shop clearly uh, Dally jumps out of bed in just his undies and he says it's good to see you guys this place gives me the creeps I want out uh, he walks over and shuts the door and then he hops back into bed and says Tim Shepard dropped by he saw my picture in the paper and couldn't believe it didn't have wanted dead or alive written underneath it he started rubbing it in about the rumble. I hate missing it. And at this point, he asked Ponyboy for a cigarette. Ponyboy gives him one, and we get to the close of the five. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing uh, Dally sure seems perfectly healthy. Yeah, he seems fine. I'm not sure what he's in for at this point. Yeah, because they're like, he'll have to be in the hospital for like two or three days. It's like, you yeah, know, he seems fine. Yeah. Because I know at least in the book, he like doesn't get out of the bed or anything. And that makes a little bit more sense because in the movie, he seems totally fine. Yeah. But I will say what we see from him here makes more sense out of what we're going to see from him later on. Yeah. Because in the book, there's always the sense of like, wait, he was like bedridden in a hospital and then we're going to see him like fight in the rumble and stuff. Yeah. So, so this, we get a little bit different, uh, something a little bit different um, here. There is a line that it, it's supposed to be in this part and I actually watch the rest of the conversation just to see if they put it anywhere else. But he's talking to Ponyboy and he's like, says that he was afraid that he hurt Ponyboy really bad when he like hit him to put oh, the yeah. fire out. And then he's like, oh, I'm really glad I didn't hurt you. And then Ponyboy in the narration is like, it's the closest he ever felt to Dally in that moment. Because hmm. he like, Dally was actually like, I'm glad I didn't hurt you. And Ponyboy was like, yeah, it feels like we're friends. Huh. I like that. Yeah. Anything else book wise as we're looking at this? Hmm. Not really, honestly, because pretty much everything they say, there's a couple slight line changes. The encounter with Johnny's mother is different, but like a lot of what Johnny says is exactly what it is in the book, and anything that they change, it covers the same ground. Like we get to the same place. So, if you were to score this from zero to ten, what would you say in terms of fidelity to the book? Might give it like an eight. Okay. Because it's, it's really accurate. They cut out a couple like tiny parts like the thing where Dally says he's glad I didn't hurt Ponyboy. Um, they change what 2-Bit says and I actually kind of like it a little bit better in the movie mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. do it. But Because um, you get the 2-Bit explosion. Yeah, you get the explosion and it's also clear like he wanted to say more too. Yeah, yeah. 
even though like it's a weird thing of like i wish you could just see him blow up at her but i get why both in the book and the movie why yeah. they can't do that well but. it's funny it's see i look at that scene and i think oh this is like the emotional estevez the estevez emotional outburst mm-hmm. which you then see later in like the breakfast club you know when he kind of yeah finally breaks and you have his emotional moment so it's it, like it's just funny to see that it's like oh i've seen this before mm-hmm. i've seen him him do this should we do a deep dive yeah this is the deep dive. this is one that i'm <gasps> so excited about. I'm so excited. I know nothing about what you're about to say. All right. So this deep dive is about The Outsiders, the TV show. So The Outsiders became a TV show on the, uh, in 1990 on the Fox network. It aired from March to July, 1990. And it's based on the characters from the S.E. Hinton novel. And the series was executive produced by Francis Ford Coppola, who made the 1983 film. That just means that doesn't necessarily mean he had a big hand in it. Yeah, but I'm it's surprised just, he was... But I think that's because he owned the movie rights to it. Would oh, be the guess. that so, makes sense. Yeah, so... Yep. Uh, so the 90-minute pilot episode served as a... minutes. Served as a kind of sequel to the film and began with a short scene from the original film of Matt Dillon, played by Dally Winston, running from the police and being shot. Spoiler alert to the outsiders, yeah. right? Um, so, so actually, they took that scene from the movie, and that's how the pilot episode starts. What? All right, so that sounds pretty good so far, right? Uh, sure. All right. Um, some I looked at the cast, and like a lot of it were people where it's like I've never heard of this person, or they okay. played some part. There are a few notable cast members, though. Um, the part of Keith Tubit Matthews is played by David Arquette, who um, you know, ended up being in like the Scream movies. Was married to Courtney Cox for a while. Mm. Like, like you know, he's in movies and things yeah. like that. So he's kind of a biggish star. Um, there's a character named Greg Parker who I assume is like in an episode or two. Like, not one of the main people. He's played by a guy named Sean Kanan. Mm-hmm. Now, why would I bring that up, Esme? Because you might know him as Mike, the bad boy of Karate Barnes from Karate Kid <gasps> <What>? Three. <laughs> yeah, so he, he he gets to play a part in there. Uh, Buck Merrill, you know Buck Merrill, yeah, is played by uh, a guy named Billy Bob Thornton, who's a two-time Oscar nominee for acting, winner of the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for the movie Sling Blade. I'm trying to think. I'm sure you've seen Billy Bob Thornton in a movie. I'm just trying to think of what movie it would have been in. But, I mean, like, he's an Oscar winner and yeah. multiple Oscar nominee. There's also uh, a part of – so there's a character named Scout who's, like, a girl greaser. Because, like, if you're going to do The Outsiders in 1990, you got to, like, round out the – Yeah. So there's a girl greaser named Scout, and there's a character uh, named Boy Fighting Scout. So <laughs> this is a very small – this is a very small part. But – that part is played by a young Leonardo DiCaprio. What? Oscar winner for Best Actor in The Revenant in 2016, seven-time Oscar nominee. So young Leonardo DiCaprio is in an episode of The Outsiders TV series. This is insane. Yes. Um, there are 13 episodes that aired before mm-hmm. the show was canceled. Do you want to hear some plot summaries? Yes, please. Okay. Oh, so, so this, much. This is on the Wikipedia page. These are summaries of, of each plot. So like they're like two-sentence summaries of each plot. So the pilot episode. In the pilot, a welfare worker warns the three orphan Curtis brothers that any trouble will send Pony Boy and Soda Pop to foster homes. We already knew that. No, but like, but but I could see like again. This is the fo- if if you think about this yeah. is the pilot. This is the follow up to the Outsiders. This is setting the stage for tensions that are going to run okay. throughout the show. Okay. I'm sure more stuff happens, mm-hmm. but that's the big arc. 
Um, episode two is called The Stork Club. Ooh. Soda wants to keep it from Derry that he's gotten a girl pregnant. What? Yep. Oh. And Pony Boy becomes quote unquote protective when Scout is courted by a non greaser. What? Ooh, so we have like a Romeo and Juliet type story, maybe, or or something. I don't That's know. That's the second episode. Yep. Um so I, I and again we don't really know who Scout is, but I think we can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Uh episode three, only the lonely. Tim Shepard returns from prison. And is tempted to take a job offer from two men he met in the joint. Though while he hangs out with the Curtis brothers, he alienates Soda from Derry. So Tim is a uh, is driving a wedge between Soda and what Derry. What is happening? Okay. Uh, episode four, Breaking the Maiden. Uh, Pony Boy regrets not taking Cherry's bait to tackle the school dance. So, um... Okay. Until he's hooked by a stronger line, the Northside Greaser Band makes its pro debut. So no! there's so there's like a greaser no! band that plays at the dance, maybe? Okay. Okay. Uh, episode five. Uh, he was a greaser, only old. A chain gang fugitive is, quote, one of us to Pony Boy, so he tries to help him by giving him food and clothes. Though um. by doing this, the man alienates Pony Boy from Dairy. Then Ponyboy asks for Soda's help to give the man a few things. The man shoots Soda in the shoulder, what? making the cops think Derry and Tim did it. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what to think. All right. What? Episode six, Maybe Baby. The Curtis's overnight care for an infant whose father doesn't return puts them through some changes and prompts 2-Bit to get in touch with his estranged father. What? Uh, episode 7, Storm Warning. As a tornado approaches, Derry tries to save the roof on a customer's <laughs> house. Ponyboy attempts to move an injured Soch to safety, and Soda risks Daryl's cash to save Buck's poker stake. That sounds like the dumbest thing okay. ever. Uh, episode 8, Mirror Image. <laughs> A girl Soda has been dating dumps him for a black student. Angered Ooh. by this, Soda challenges the boy to a fight, which he loses, and the Soshas end up ganging up on the student until he has to go to the hospital. Everyone blames Soda, thus making him blame himself and turn himself into the police. The Soshas um. then get angry and try to gang up on Soda when he's working late alone. Okay, that sounds like not at all who Soda Pop is. Oh, I think I think once you do a show like this, you get pretty far you, afield yeah. of the characters quickly. Yikes. Uh, number nine, Carnival. At a carnival, Derry and Tim <laughs> fight one scam while Soda is caught in another when a seductive carny girl separates him from the car he's borrowed for the evening. Uh, number ten, Tequila Sunset. Needing to pay off gambling debts two bit tries to get his school hoop star to commit a foul. Tim what? goes to church to see the gal who got away. What? Why is Tim Shepard like a main character? I don't know. Epis I'd also like to point out Steve had only has been mentioned yet. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> episode 11, Winner Takes All. Derry's dream requires a loan, but Soda's dream comes true thanks to a prank by Steve and Tubit. There he is. That sends Soda into a spending spree. 
So they they must like prank him into thinking he won like a lottery or something. Maybe. All right. Yikes. And episode 12, the beat goes on. We're almost to the end here. Uh, Derry objects when Scout uses the Curtises for a refuge from an abusive father, but um, doesn't mind his own time spent with a lonely military wife. What? Yep. Um. And the final episode, episode 13, Union Blues. A desperate Derry joins a group of laborers, unaware he's crossing a picket line formed by Tim's union. Pony boy sees the good life as he tutors a track star. What is happening? That's who, the Outsiders TV show. Who thought that this was a good idea? Well, the idea... Okay, the episode <laughs> idea... Like, the idea of saying, could we build out a show in the world of the Outsiders? So here's... Give some context. By, by 1990, I think... Like, Fox was already showing, if not, they were about to start airing, like, Beverly Hills 90210, like, this, like, high school soap opera kind of thing. So this is like, well, could we do another high school soap opera, but instead of setting it in rich Beverly Hills in the the early 90s, what if we took the world of the outsiders to do, because this sounds very much like a teenage soap opera kind of thing just done in the world of the outsiders. So this is Whoa. like the Outsiders 90210 or Tulsa 90210, whatever the the uh, zip code of Tulsa, Oklahoma is. When you started out reading the different summaries, I thought this is weird and then it just got worse. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any interest what? if I could find these episodes would yes. you want to see these? I would watch these and hate them, but I would also love them. I both really want to watch them and I'm so angry that they exist. But I really want to watch them. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they are canon. Oh, they're not <laughs> in the outsiders uh-uh. world. But well, you know what? From what I've learned off of just that, the characters seem very changed, and also like I don't know. There's just so much. I was so excited to read all of that to you. I don't even know what to think anymore. All right, should we give out an award? We can try. All right, so who won the five? Um, I have six nominees because we have a lot of people in this. So uh, C. Thomas Howell is just at the top of every list because he's in the whole movie. Uh, we have Matt Dillon as Dally Winston. He shows up at the end of this five. Emilio Estevez as Keith Tubit Matthews, who has his emotional blow up. Ralph Macchio as Johnny Cade. Essie Hinton as the nurse, just because she's the author. I threw her in there. Yeah. Uh, and then I put Emmeline Donito, who plays Mrs. Cade. Now, I was doing an IMDb search on her. This is the only acting role I can see from TV or movies for her. Hmm. But she's definitely going for it yeah. in this. So, pretty good, honestly. Uh, to my mind, there's probably two people, three people you could put yeah. in this. I think there's a clear winner, but I'm curious to your thoughts. Well, it's either... Estevez or Machio. Those are the two. Yeah, I th- I said if you wanted if you wanted to go Emmeline Donito, like I'd say like she is definitely going for it. Every line she has, everything she does is yeah. is real big. But I want it to be Estevez so bad. But it's Machio, right? I know, but <laughs> I want it so bad because it's like one of my favorite moments ever. But like. I guess it has to be Machio. It doesn't have to be. I mean, convince convince Here's, me okay. that it's not Machio because I the think thing is, is like, I think he's great. In I this. think no, that's why I'm saying because Machio is great and he does deserve to win. But also, Estevez is a close second, but it's also second. But I want him to win so bad, <laughs> so bad. 
So your your heart says Estevez, your head says Machio is yeah. what we're saying. I'm going to go off my head. It should be Machio. He does a really, really good job. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also just can't get past the TV show thing. I wasn't going... My mind is messed up. I, I was thinking this one was going to be tough, but when we just rewatched this before recording, I was struck by how good Machio is here. Yeah, I, I think, was too. I think he's... <sighs> Kind of, because this sad. is tough stuff he's doing right mm-hmm. now. Because he he basically can't move. He's on this weird cot thing, right? He's just basically staring at the camera. He had and and I just like I feel him. His noise in is a pain. pain. I feel so the emotions. I mean, you know, compare this to what we talked about to to who won the five last time, right? We last time we gave the five to Darren Dalton, who is also doing this like character who's really kind of reflecting on life right yeah we gave the five to darren dalton and i think he earned it for the last one machio is so much better than darren dalton yes he is it's like and it's so so he has to do pain and dying and this sort of self-reflection this 16 year old coming to the realization that of his own mortality it's great it, yeah. he's he's the winner here but i want to give an honorable mention to estevez it's my favorite moment in the book, one of my favorite moments in the movie, and I think he does it well. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, I will say he's only won the five once, but... He deserves it more he, times. In this rewatch, doing it this way, I am so um, impressed with him. Yes, he is so good. Even in his background acting, his sound acting, so good. It's just yeah. like, because it's normally background stuff... He doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Or you just don't think about, like, yeah. he's one of those characters you're like, well, you don't, he's not really necessary to the story. I but used to is. think about Estevez's role and Cruz's role as kind of the same thing. Not at all. Oh, Steve is that. periphery. Steve Tubit is really central. I'm sorry, but Steve doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I right. care about Steve. I love them all, but the story could work without him. Yeah, but, but Tubit is central. Estevez he is great. He matters. But the five, yeah. the five goes to Machio here. Yeah. So congratulations. Let us know your thoughts. Um, have you seen the Outsiders TV show? Email us, channel3900 at gmail.com. Do you know where one could find yes. episodes of... I actually have not done a YouTube search. This stuff might be on if YouTube. You, yeah, if you know where to find them, please tell us. Yes. Um, this needs to be seen. It does, in all or in part. Um, if you think that Emilio Estevez deserves to win the five, email us, channel3900 at gmail.com. That is all the time that we have, but we will be back next week to talk about minute 80 to minute 85. Until then, stay gold. Stay gold.